Bible, Joshua chapter 1. Amen. Let's just start with verse 1 here, and we're just going to walk through this a little bit. Now, after the death of Moses, everybody say after. Everybody say after. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. That I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast, shall be your coast. I want to talk to you about the fight of a lifetime, the fight of a lifetime lifetime now i i know i know it's sunday night and i know some of us are tired if i'm not mistaken uh some of you parents your kids have just started school back up amen and so we're having to deal with a lot of those pressures but i just i just think we ought to set all the distractions aside i know some of you got a work week getting ready to start here in the next few hours and that's on your mind but i just want us to set all the distractions aside and just for the next few moments i just want us to plug into what the lord wants us to have tonight is that okay Eastwind, is that okay? Can you set your Bibles down and can you lift your hands all across the building? And can you let your voice extend to where your hands cannot reach right now? I just want you to lift your voice and pray with me. Can you just ask the Holy Ghost, God, Father, everything you want from me, God, that's what I want, Jesus. God, I want everything. I want everything you want from me. That's it. Let's just do that a little bit longer. Let's just go beyond doing it out of tradition. Let's plug into the Holy Ghost right now. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I submit myself to what your spirit would want to do, to what your word would want to say. Father, right now I yield my tongue to you. God, I thank you, God, that there's going to be an unction in the Holy Ghost, that there's going to be clarity that's going to go forth, that there's going to be direction and wisdom, that there's going to be a release tonight. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I'm thanking you, God, that you're going to shake young men and women loose today of all their bodies bondage and their entanglement in worldly affairs. Father, right now, I thank you, God, that adults in the room that maybe have been lethargic or weary or downtrodden, God, there's getting ready to be an uplifting tonight. There's getting ready to be a restoration tonight. God, you're going to allow our strength to come back to us tonight. God, I thank you. I'm thankful that you're getting ready to strengthen ministry, that you're getting ready to strengthen families. I think you want to do that in faith. Can you just rejoice for a moment for what God is getting ready to do. Father, we worship you. We magnify your name. We give you all the glory. Amen, amen, amen. Everybody shout, thank you, Jesus. Everybody shout, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Look at two or three people. Tell them, I'm so glad you're here. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to make you aware at the onset of this message here tonight 
that God is a God that works in generations. Uh, that God is not interested in the solo man. He's not interested in men that work by themselves. But God is a God that works in generation. I think this is so profound because one of the premier reasons why God decides to choose Abraham is that Abraham uh, would be a man who he says after uh, on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah uh, that would uh, make his children to follow the precepts of the Lord. Uh, when God is getting ready to pour out judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, this uh, heavenly manifestation that takes place, some would believe to be a theophany. Uh, they begin to discuss amongst themselves, should they hide uh, what they know is getting ready to happen in Sod- to Sodom and Gomorrah to Abraham. And the response is given that they cannot because uh, Abraham is going to be a great people. And that he's going to command his children concerning the things of the kingdom. And so it is... Uh, it is uh, worth us for us to note here on uh, this Sunday night. It is worth for us to come to the realization uh, that God places a priority on family. God places a priority on family. I, I, I want you to realize here in this atmosphere uh, that as great as you are by yourself, and I said this this morning, but I'll say it again, uh, you're not that great compared to the body. Amen. There is a need for you to realize uh, that there is more than just you at play. Uh, God from the onset has always been interested in generations. Uh, he's never been too shy to express that. Even from the beginning of time when he first decides to make man and woman. He begins to command them to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, in, 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 in that subtle note, he is letting them understand that his will and operation and plan is to work throughout generation. Uh, this is profound because what this allows me to understand that whenever God calls someone, uh, it's not just because of who they are at the time, uh, but a lot of times it's because of what they are able to produce that they are unaware of. Amen. God will call an Abraham, not just because of Abraham, but God will call of Abraham because he understands that there is an Isaac that is in Abraham that has yet to be seen. God, God will call a Hannah because God understands if he can call a Hannah, Hannah will be faithful to produce a Samuel that will bring something about that will lift a prophetic voice within the kingdom. Uh, this is why God will call a Mary, not just to call a Mary, but God will call a Mary because Mary will allow something to be produced through her that would succeed her in succession. And can I tell you here tonight that in 2022, not much has changed on what God prioritizes in the kingdom. I think for some reason or another, we have to be cautious that we don't 
don't allow the influence of Western society to leak its way into the place of the church and affect our thinking and affect our mode of working. Can I tell you that for a long time we have celebrated independence to the place that now we have that same framework and mindset that is at work in the church that makes you think everything is about you and me that we get so caught up on how I feel and what I need to do and what's happening in my life and what feels good for me and what's right for me but what you are failing to realize is that when God decided to call you God didn't call you because you were so great and mighty but is there a possibility that God decided to call you because of what would be produced through you can I talk to somebody here today I know we live in a world that doesn't like to value motherhood and fatherhood but can I tell you there's no greater honor than raising your kids in the house of God Amen, amen. You, you don't got to say much, but can I tell you, it, it, it is the greatest ministry you could ever have to tell that kid when he doesn't want to show up. Hey, here's, here's how it works in this house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care if you don't feel like showing up. I don't care if you like what they preach or not. But as for this home, if you're going to live in this house, I got all the parents saying amen. All the kids got quiet on me. All the parents say amen. Amen. We have lost the priority that we place on generations. There was a day and age where your success was not dictated by what you became, but your success was dictated by the success of your successor. I, 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 I grew up. I grew up in a home where mom and dad made sacrifices and they afforded me privileges that they did not have. And the demand wasn't so that they could be great, but they made those sacrifices so that I would have the possibility to be great. We have lost the aspect of generational selflessness. Where we don't make decisions about what makes me feel good. There was a day and age where mama considered the well-being of her child more than the well-being of herself. There was a day, I feel like I'm preaching here tonight. There was a day and age where daddy was more concerned about the lineage of his son more than he was concerned about his entertainment. But we have stepped into the place where it has leaked into the apostolic church where we are more concerned about what makes us feel comfortable than what makes them feel safe. And can I tell you today, there needs to be a changing of mind that hits the apostolic church. That there are some things I don't do for me, but there's some things I do for them. I don't always show up to church for me. Sometimes I show up for them. I don't always pray for me. Sometimes I do it for them. I don't always dance for me. Sometimes I... We, there's... There's a, there's a loss, there's, there's a loss of it, brother Rich. We, 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 we don't have that. There, there was a time where, where you kept your mouth shut, not for you, but for everyone else. And because it did not benefit the whole, 
for you to engage in fragmenting what God was wanting to produce. Man, I, 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 I know we call out a lot of issues in the church and uh, a lot of issues in the world are short to say, but can I tell you the world will never get so dark that the church is able to be ineffective. I'm not too concerned about the condition of the world because the condition of the world cannot determine the destiny of the church. But can I say this here very quickly and clearly? The condition of your home will affect the condition and success of the church. Amen. Is this okay this Sunday night? I know it's Pastor Myers isn't here. Y'all please tell him to watch this. So if he needs to rebuke me, he can. But 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 I, I just feel like we need to go somewhere tonight. Uh, the, the, your your spiritual success is not dictated by the platform. It's influenced by the platform. It can be helped or hindered by the platform. But it's not dictated by the platform. Can I go this as far to say this? The altar that's in this church does not determine where your family goes spiritually. But it's the altar at your home that determines. I, I, I know, I know, I know it's Sunday night and this isn't, this isn't popular preaching, but I just feel we gotta go somewhere in the Holy Ghost here. Can I tell you, it's all good and well that your kids see you pray here, mom and daddy. But it's problematic when they never see you pray out there. Hey man, let's just, can we just, can we just walk this a little bit? I, I'm so glad you sing godly songs when you're in this house. But I want to know what your kids hear you sing when you're in your house. Uh, uh, we, 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 we have become so caught up in what the preacher is doing. That we don't realize your house dictates where you go. This happens so often with the children of Israel. That the children of Israel would begin to go to a place of warfare. You read this in the book of Joshua. They're, they're getting ready to go into battle after their first success. After overcoming uh, their first enemy. And, and finding great success after they cross over to Jordan. They get to Ai. And they're getting ready to go into battle at Ai. And all of a sudden there's some things that happen. There's some, there's some frustration that takes place uh, because they seem to lose a battle they should be winning. And I want you to watch the response of the preacher. The preacher's confused because the preacher's shocked that the people are losing. And he begins to examine himself. Well, what am I doing wrong? What, what are we saying that's not right? The preacher's getting staff meeting. They're trying to discuss what, what's happening here. Why we just don't get it. So-and-so's falling. This family's struggling over here. And then all of a sudden, God begins to speak. And God's saying, there's nothing wrong with the preacher or even the people at large. But there's something going on in one of their homes. Let's just do this tonight. And so God begins to say, because of what's going on in their personal life, I can't give them victory in their corporate gathering because of what's being hidden in their home. Can I tell you, a lot of our downfall is not about what takes place here, but what we're hiding when we get out there. 
Amen. Is this okay? Is this okay? There they are. There they are. They're at that place. And I want you to see how this works. Because the man, the man, he, 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 he's in the wrong. Uh, they call them out tribe by tribe, family, family by family, uh, until they finally get to this one man. And he begins to confess that, listen, I, I, it's me. I, I'm, and, and you got to examine what takes place. This is, this is one of the first uh, losses uh, that Joshua would come to experience. Uh, and so Joshua's trying to figure out what took place. And, and here he begins to relate the story. There was something that needed to be sacrificed or given to the Lord. God asked that all the treasures in this one particular battle would be given up to him. It was supposed to be for him and him alone. They weren't supposed to touch it. They weren't supposed to have it. This was just for him. But but this man, he, he decided it, it, it won't be a problem if I take a little bit for myself. It won't be. It'll be okay if I just take. He, he, and, and here's what's crazy. This is daddy talking. The leader of his home. And here he is. And he's, he's beginning to relay the story. It won't be problematic if I just get a, I just, I mean, it's not much. Matter of fact, if you watch what happens, the Bible says, he, the Bible doesn't say that he wore the garment. It was a garment that he took. The Bible doesn't even say he wore the garment. The Bible says that he hid the garment in his home. He was never expecting to display it publicly. He was only wanting to be entertained by it privately. Entertainment has destroyed more apostolic homes than sin will ever. We allow things into our home via entertainment that we would never let walk through the door any other way. Amen. Now I'm going to move real quick because I'm the evangelist. So just do the evangelist thing. Amen. But, but let's just. Can you just give me one minute and then I'll, I'll go on. And if you preach with me, it'll just kind of help me move this faster. But, but I just need to say this right here. Uh, uh, be cautious that you do not let yourself be entertained by things that you would not engage with outside of entertainment. We've gotten too comfortable via entertainment. Oh, it's gotten quiet. You guys are giving yourselves away. You ought to just faked it. I could have just. We, 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 we've gotten just a little bit too comfortable with entertainment. It's. And, and here's the struggle with entertainment. It might not destroy you. But what you can handle in excess will destroy your kids. It might not ruin you, but man of God, which you can handle in excess, will destroy your spouse. We ought to come back to the place where we're guarded by what comes in our home. Amen, 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 amen. We, 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 we become a little bit too casual about what comes in and out of the house. And I don't, I don't know how you grew up, way I grew up, I wasn't allowed to go to other people's homes unless my parents knew them. <laughs> I was always frustrating. I'm like, mom, they're not going to kidnap me. First off, I was a chubby kid to begin with. So I was like, if they're going to kidnap me, it, the, the food cost would be too high. So it's just, they're not going to, you know, you know. They were concerned about who I engaged with. They were concerned about who I was with. 
you know, and, and I know this isn't popular, but, but, but I'll tell you, I'll just, I'll just tell you. As a preacher, as an evangelist, I cannot guard your home. I can only make you aware of the snakes that are trying to get in. And it concerns me as a preacher when we become so casual about the things we let our kids engage in. I know with youth, it's youth night Sunday, and this is the Sunday where we're supposed to hoop and holler. But hooping and hollering isn't going to save our kids. We're going to have to draw some lines in the sand. I know this isn't popular preaching, but, but, but can I just talk to every parent in this place? There ought not be passwords on your kids' electronics that you don't have. I knew, what the, what, it's gotten quiet. My word. I, listen, I knew this. I won't even look at this section. They don't like me anymore. It's okay. All, all the young people, they don't like me anymore. Hey Amen. They they're talking to people. Listen, they're talking to people you wouldn't let walk through the door, but they're engaging them in the privacy of their bedroom. The preacher can't spare you from the snakes you let get in at home. It's the preacher's job to speak to the congregation. But it's mommy and daddy's job to speak to the home and say there's some things we don't let come into this house. There's some things we don't listen to. There's... And I know, I know this is a popular preaching, but, but, but I think that because I, I listen, I, I love, I love the great conferences and, uh, the, the great, the great, uh, the great things that we put on in our movement, but, but some of it I, I've become a little bit concerned with because I'm concerned we're trying to get the church to do what the home should be taken care of. Was a generation of people. Is it, am I okay? Pastor Myers and Bishop is here. I'm trying to find somebody. Just to, no, I'm not in trouble. I'm just gonna look this direction at Brother Richie. Amen. <laughs> was a generation where the preacher didn't have to expound on every aspect of holiness because mommy and daddy were at home, and you weren't walking out looking like that. I'm talking both men and women. Amen. Listen, what you did when you got to school, I might not know. But when you walk out of this door, there's a certain way this family dresses. And there's a certain way we conduct ourselves. Is this okay? I'm really trying just to. I remember, I remember one time, listen, you know, I grew up. I, I, I came down from, came down from New York. 12 years old, came down to Florida and, uh, you know, just trying to make friends and fit in, you know, and sagging was the cultural thing. It still is sadly, but you know, sagging your pants was like the cultural thing. Uh, and you know, I had a lot of, had a lot of good friends. He was just, you were just styling. I was just trying to be cool. You know, I had my fresh air force ones, you know, you know, and, and so listen, I, I, I grew up under, I, I grew up under parents. Not I didn't grow up under friends. It's the difference. I grew up under parents. <laughs> Amen. And uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember my dad at one time, you know, he's driving home. And coming, so I knew better, you know, so when I would come home, you know, the belt came out, you know, I picked my pants up and I walked in the house, you know, <laughs> I knew better than the, that my dad see me, you know, in that style of dress. Amen. Uh, you know, 
we get intimidated to say things like that, like things are right and wrong. But there was a day and age where parents could tell you things are right and wrong. And so, you know, here I was, here I was. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but I forgot my belt. And for some reason, I don't know if I was just daydreaming, but I, I forgot to pick my pants up. And so I walked in the house. And my dad, he, the, the, our kitchen faced the door. And he's in the, he's in the kitchen cleaning something. And the door swings open. And Marcus walks in. And his pants are sagging. I want you to know, my dad doesn't get upset often. There's only a few times in my whole life I've ever seen my dad get upset. But that day, my dad was very upset. And I just remember hearing a voice. I won't imitate how loud it was because it was pretty loud. But all I heard was, Marcus, get out this house. <laughs> and, and, and it took me but two seconds to realize why he was yelling at me. And he made it very clear. When you walk into this home, there's a certain way you approach this home. Can I tell you what has taken place? I know I'm talking to you tonight. And I'll get into some preaching here in a few moments, but I just need to address something. Can I tell you why we are, are some of our young kids is struggling to respect spiritual authority? Because we have not taught them to respect authority at home. I'm talking to parents that have become weary because if you're raising kids in this generation, you have become weary in well-doing. Because every, every other week, there's something new you got to protect your kid from. But can I tell you, it is our responsibility to hold the vanguard of what's right and what's wrong. And to dictate what comes in and what comes out. It is concerning to me when we become unaware of the people that we let speak to our kids. I know, I, listen, I'm, I'm trying to do the evangelist thing and I just can't. I'm really trying to do the evangelist thing. Able to work at at my home church and I'm thankful to be there and it's a privilege. And sometimes these young people, I'll start talking to them. And I am shocked, not just them, but just all across the country. I am shocked at the people our kids are being influenced by. And mom and dad have no clue. They're trying to figure out why is my kid struggling? It's because they're hearing pastor preach up here, but then they're going home and listening to Cardi B preach to them in their living room. They're hearing, they're hearing brother Richie preach up here, but then they're going home and, 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 and they're listening to Drake and, and, and they're listening to all these other little Nas X. They're listening to people begin to preach things to them in the privacy of their bedroom. And I feel like I've come here today. To tell mom and dad, it's time to let this thing no longer be casual. But you need to pick up a sword again. And make up in your mind, when I get home tonight, we're going to have a sit down at the table. And I'm going to let them know, listen, forgive me for not holding up the vanguard of truth. But we need to make some decisions. There's some games we don't play in this house. There's some music we don't listen to in this house. There's movies we don't watch in this house. There's people we don't follow on social media in this house. We need to get back to the place where parents are the vanguards of the apostolic home. Amen, 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 amen. Mom and dad, grandpa, grandpa, uh, grandma, I want you to understand you have an obligation 
There's nothing wrong with the pulpit. Is that the pulpit was meant to give you substance so that you can distribute it in your home. When God decided that he would take the people out of Egypt and bring them to the promised land. It was Moses' job to hear the cry for substance. They began to cry out out of hunger. And Moses heard their appetite. And he took it to God. And he told God, God, you brought them here. You got to feed them. And God supplied manna from heaven. But it was not the job of Moses to go from home to home to home to make sure there was enough bread for that family. Sooner or later, somebody had to get up and say, as for me in this house, we're going to make sure there is enough spiritual substance to sustain us from this week to the next. I've become a little frustrated with how casual we are in letting our homes die in spiritual nutrients because it cost us something. Man, I get it. It costs something to show up Sunday and Sunday night. It costs something to show up at Wednesday Bible study. It costs something to always telling your kids, no, you always being the bad guy to your kids. It costs something. But if you're going to speak, feed them spiritually. If you're going to take care of them spiritually. It's not this responsibility. It's their responsibility to make sure that there's food in the house. But it's your responsibility to take the food that's in this house and bring it back home to your house. Here's Abraham. And God can trust Abraham. Because he understood that Abraham would not just hear a call from God. But that when God called Abraham, Abraham would turn around and call Isaac. Can I tell you why we struggle sometimes? Because we forget that the calling of God does not stop with us. But when God calls you, it's your obligation to turn around and grab somebody by the hand and call them. And I wasn't raised in a UBC church. Uh, my early ages, I grew up, I grew up at a Haitian Assemblies of God church. And they were different. They were different. Uh, you know, they, they lagged behind the cultural, uh, you know, the, the cultural trends, uh, you know, cultural American trends. And so I, I, I would remember vividly, I would remember showing up to church for pre-service prayer and hearing men and women just begin to cry out to God. It wasn't uncommon just for hours to go by. You know, that's when, and I'm not going to lie, I, I enjoy a little bit of American church. Amen. We start on time and we end on time. Amen. It's just, we're in and out. It's just, you know, I, every once in a while, you know, I'm like, listen, I, the four-hour church services, I, you know, <laughs> Every once in a while I could do it, but most of the time I'm like, yeah, I like, you know, just keep it, keep it moving. Amen. Praise God. But, but I would remember, I would remember moments where they'd be caught up in prayer and they would just be praying and just singing song after song after song. And it was just prayer and song and prayer and song. And as a child, it moved me because they set a standard and they didn't get everything right doctrinally and they didn't even get everything right spiritually. But they set a standard. There was a standard that was set. 
and they were not afraid to take a stand for some things. And I want to remind Eastwind's church, as much as you have been given, there is a requirement that the younger generation beneath you sees a standard in pre-service prayer. That they see, man of God, there's a requirement. I know you don't always feel like worshiping. I know it's not the easiest. You don't, you, know, you don't understand how moving it is for me. When I show up at Eastwinds and I see Bishop Myers stand to his feet and begin to worship. Because the effort that that must take. If there anyone that doesn't have to worship, but he's doing it. He's setting a standard. But I'm looking at this audience. And I want to encourage you. Don't ever get discouraged about the standard that you're setting. Because there's a generation that's watching what you're doing and how you're doing it. One of our biggest problems with holiness is that we have gotten so wrapped up on holiness being about ourselves. But is there a possibility that it's not about you, it's about the generation that's watching you? It's not about what you put on and what you watch and what you wear and where you go. It's about what they're watching you do. Because what you do in moderation, they will do in excess. Daddy, it's not always about the movie you enjoy watching. Sometimes those little boys are trying to hear if what you're listening to comes in alignment with what they heard come out of that pulpit. We need to get back to the place where we are not fighting for ourselves. But there are some things worth fighting for. And if you're going to fight for anything, you better learn to fight for the next generation. And make up in your mind, there's just some things we will not let cross this line. We will hold this thing till the next generation takes it. Back to the place we, we gotta we gotta we gotta come back to this place. I, I, I've seen this happen so 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 much, and it seems like it occurs more and more. Uh, and the church faces the pressure of remaining modern and up to speed with everyone else around it. We have to produce more and new and more and new and more and new. But the church cannot become so modern and effective that it displaces the responsibility of the home. If there's no prayer in your home, I don't care how hard we pray in pre-service prayer, there won't be a move of God. If there's no Bible study in your home, the responsibility of the priesthood does not lie on one man. But it's the responsibilities of mothers and fathers and older siblings to grandpas and grandmas to take on the obligation and say there's some things we have to help carry. Brother Baptiste, why is this so important? Because your kids don't live here. They live in your home. There's a standard in this house. There's a spiritual standard in this house. There's a biblical standard in this house. There's a standard of holiness and conviction in this house. But they don't live here. They live in your home. And they won't thrive or fail by this standard. They're going to thrive or fail by your standard. Brother, don't, don't, don't ever think that, oh, you're just raising kids. You're not just raising kids. It's the fight of a lifetime. Daddy, you're not just being a nuisance telling them to come to church and tell them they got to show up to youth service. It's the fight of a lifetime. 
Can I tell you what hell would love to do? And I, I'm telling you, there has been an attack on the home for years now. It's been subtle. But it's gone, it's gone on for years now. Where we have pushed the responsibility of the home onto the church. And I feel like, I, I just feel like saying this. Listen, we're not going to make it through this next season of life if we don't start taking personal responsibility for what belongs to us. Can I tell you something? It's not the will of God that we dedicate our kids when they're babies and to watch them backslide when they turn 18 and go off to college. It's not the will of God. Past Wednesday, I, I know I'm just talking to you, I'm just going to minister a little bit here. I'm going to pray. This past Wednesday, we had church prayer. We decided we wanted to bring the kids up to the front. They're going to school and anoint them at all and pray for them, pray over their minds, their bodies, uh, their spirits, just the whole thing. Just Lord to guard them. Something just came over me. There's just some things I'm not going to let hell take casually. We're not going to, you, you can't be relying on a Sunday school teacher. If you're a Sunday school teacher, stand up here. If you're a Sunday, stand real quick. Is there any Sunday, is there any Sunday school? Oh, they've all vacated the building. There's two, my word, there's two Sunday school teachers. Is there more? Everybody put your hands together for these Sunday school teachers. You guys, you guys could be seated. If you're a parent of somebody, if you're a parent of a child that goes to Sunday school, can you please stand? Is there any Sunday parents that parent you? Your Sunday school teachers, exactly that. They are Sunday school teachers. But this is Monday through Saturday. You may be seated. And more than getting your job right, more than getting your career right, more, more than your kids making good grades. I need to talk to you tonight. More than your kids doing well in sports and more, more than them getting a great college education, more than them succeeding secularly. You better make sure that what you are teaching them Monday through Saturday sets them up for spiritual success because the verse still remains the same. What profited a man to gain the whole world and lose Don't let it be that you were hard on them to get good grades, but you didn't teach them how to pray. That's not Sunday school's teacher's job. That's Monday through Saturday school's teacher's job. It's not Sunday school to teach them why we have the distinctions that we have. It's their responsibility to enforce what you present. It's there, seeing, seeing these little kids... Home church, praying for them. I'm seeing these little little precious girls up there praying. Laying hands on them. Young men in our church up there. And I got a little brother. He's 12 years old. He wasn't there in that service. And something just started boiling on the inside of me. Brother Richie. There's just some things I, I, I just refuse to let. One, I won't let you take it. But if you're going, it's going to be over my dead body. We, 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 can't, we can't be too zealous about the spiritual state of our kids. 
You, you can't be too concerned. You, you can't be too passionate about, 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 about letting hell have your kid. You, you, you can't be too, you can't, you can never get to the place where you're expressing too much fervor about making up in your mind there's just some things listen listen i'll fight for my job i'll i'll fight i'll fight for my house i'll fight for my car but there's some things that i'm willing to die over and this is one of these things you you this is a fight of a lifetime there's just some things i won't let you have casually And some of you, you don't have kids that are in this building. Maybe your kids are older. You better make up in your mind you're going to spiritually adopt some this year. Not letting our kids go to church and we don't cover them in prayer. I know this isn't, this isn't typical. I'm trying to. But I just feel I need to stay here. Because if you're not planning for them spiritually, hell is. And while you're not praying over the choices that they make in friends at their school, hell is. And when you're not praying over the relationships that they get into, hell is. And when you're not taking into account the demonic perverse influence that's trying to find them on their devices, hell is. And until we become as passionate about our kids as hell is about our kids, we will not save this generation. It's, listen, I'm a first generation Pentecostal, got the Holy Ghost at 15 years old. I'm so thankful for my testimony. But can I tell you one thing I'm tired of? I'm tired of seeing people come in. I'm thankful for it. My sister's the same. My cousin's the same. We all came into the church. But it ought not be that your most powerful people are people that came into the church and weren't born at the altar. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not up for it anymore. I'm telling you what's just kind of hit me and how I feel, and I feel something trying to stir here tonight. I'm just telling you what's kind of hit me in my church and, and the church that I'm privileged to serve as under, uh, under my pastor. What's hit me about our Sunday school kids. Something's just come over me. If you're gonna fight over these kids, you're gonna have to contend with me about this thing. Because you won't take these kids casually. There's no way you're gonna steal their purity and, and pervert their mind and tarnish their reputation and expect me to sit on the sideline but you got a fight coming on you because as for me and this man I'm willing to fight over what you do with dark I'm over time I want you to stand all across the building I want you to lift your hands all across the building just for a moment there needs to be a warfare that breaks out in this place that makes up in their mind this year I won't take this thing casually mom and daddy don't let your kid backslide and you not say nothing about it they gotta make up their own mind but you better make up in your mind you're gonna have to do it over my dead body lift your voice right now I need some parents praying in the spirit right now the agenda of hell on your little girl on your little boy you ought to make up in your mind. It's not your pastor's job to pull out the sword. Pull out your sword yourself and start swinging at some things. Lift your voice all across the building. There's a warfare that needs to break out tonight. One that's not going to stay right here but follow you at home. It ought to be that when your kids wake up, they hear mom and daddy praying, saying, God, spare them from wicked influences. Preserve their mind from perversion. Cancel out the attack of...
If we got school age kids here, college age kids, I want you to come to the front really quick. Come quickly. Come quickly. You'll like me next time. If there's a next time, you'll like me next time. Come quickly. Come quickly. To the front. Move quickly, please. Move quickly, please. Elders, I want you to hear me. We're not showing up to church. Watching our kids be influenced by worldly things. And then backslide and us say nothing. I'll tell you what, I grew up, I grew up, I grew up making decisions I probably should have made, uh, uh, should have been making. But I, I still remember hearing people pray and call my name out in prayer. And they prayed unabashedly and they were unashamed with how they prayed. It wasn't cute prayer. Just come, come as close as you can. Fill this spot and come as close as you can. It wasn't cute prayers. But they would begin to pray like things God, God guard his mind from perversion and wickedness. They would, they would pray things like God, God guard him from influences that would try to destroy his purity. God, God, they would begin to pray. Th- and I'm telling you, I'm still here because there were people until this day. There's a few, there's a few women, older women that I call out mothers in the faith that I just begin to say, listen, don't you ever stop praying for me. I got mothers at the church that I go to and never, whenever I go travel there, I tell them, listen, they think I'm somebody evangelist, but I know who I really am. And I know how a praying mother that when they begin to touch the throne of God, even the fingers of hell have to pull off because of the power that's coming out of their lips. Some of you are in the building, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're here because your mom and dad used to pray for you. Weren't even in truth. Weren't even born apostolic. But they called your name out in prayer. While you were out there drinking and smoking, they would call your name out in prayer. Didn't even have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But there was an elder at the altar just praying over them. God, keep them. God, God, while they're at the bar, pull the taste of alcohol out their mouth. Pull the taste of nicotine. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't cute, it wasn't nice, snotting and crying and, and messing up the altar, but they weren't concerned about how they looked. They just wanted heaven and hell to know this child is mine, and I refuse to let them go without a fight. I need some parents and elders to backfill this space right here behind these kids. Kids, if you're down here, I know I'm calling some of your kids, your college, please, please uh, say that out of respect. But lift your hands for me. Lift your hands for me. I need some elders to come down. If you don't have any kids here, but you're willing to take on the mantle. It's not just your pastor's job to pray for these kids. It's not just Sunday schools. I'm talking to some moms and dads. You've been too casual about the state of your child. I'm talking to some elders. You've been too casual about the state of your kids. I don't care if they like the way you pray. I don't care if they roll their eyes at you. You ought to make up in your mind. You're not losing this. You're not walking away from this. This is the fight of a lifetime. You parents, I want you to extend your hands towards these kids. And I want you to begin to pray over them right now. That's it. Lift your voice. I want you to pray over them right now. I want you to pray over them. 
not some cute, controlled, casual type of prayer. But some of you got young girls that are standing next to you. And I want you to begin to speak over them. You will not lose your purity to this world. But I prophesy wholeness over your heart. I speak life over your... Lift your voice and pray right now. Lift your voice and pray right now. There's kids that are in this altar. Their parents aren't in church. I need some elders to begin to pray with them. I need some elders to begin to lift your voice and pray with them. Come on, that's it, yeah. This school year won't go by and I'm not calling your name out. But I'm declared and decreeing. Perversion won't take you out. Lust won't destroy you. That's it, lift your voice all across the building right now. Lift your voice all across the building right now. Come on, mom and dad, it's time you pull that sword out and say, as for me in my house, as for me in this home, we're not giving in to those type of things. We're not engaging in those type of activities. There's still a standard in this house. There's some snakes that we're getting ready to kill and destroy. I need some intercessors to lose your voice right now. I need some intercessors to lose your voice. Come on, mama. You knew what you had to fight when you were a young lady. I need you to pray over some of these young girls. I bind the attack of hell that would get you connected with ungodly men, with ungodly women that would attach you to perversion. But I lose the spirit of holiness. Yeah, that's it. Lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. You need to make up in your mind. This is the fight of a lifetime. I won't let hell take you casually. I won't be normal about this thing. I don't care how I sound or how I look. I made up in my mind. You will serve the Lord. If you get done praying for your kid, find another kid to pray for. There's kids all across this altar. Lay your hands on them and begin to speak over them. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice, young man. That's it. Lift your voice, young woman. Depression won't have you and me not say anything about it. Anxiety won't have you and me not say anything about it. Suicide won't have you and me not say anything about it. But you're going to hear a voice that's going to counteract the voice of hell. You're going to hear a sound that's going to counteract the sound of hell. Come on, that's it, mama. I wish you let that righteous indignation get on you. Yeah, yeah, 
Come on, that's it, mama. Come on, that's it, daddy. That's it, elder. You're not going to battle depression and me not fight with you. You're not going to battle anxiety and me not fight with you. You're not going to battle suicide and me not fight with you. You're not going to fight perversion and me not pick up a sword. That's it. I need you praying in the Holy Ghost right now. I need you praying in the Holy Ghost right now. I need you praying in the Spirit right now. Till angels go back to your home and begin to reveal some things to you. To begin to show you what's been hiding in darkness. I need some men to make their way around here and pray for these young men over here. I need some men to make their way around here and pray for these young men over here. We're not going to lose a generation of young men. We're not going to lose a generation of young men. You haven't been in this thing for you to walk out when you're 19, 20, 21 years old. But we're making up in our mind. We're going to fight this thing out. We're going to fight this thing out. We won't lose you to the world, Cash. Come on, that's it, man of God. Lay your hands on them. Lay your hands on them and begin to pray. I want you to pray with boldness and authority right now. I want you to pray with boldness and authority right now. I won't let you go casually. I won't let you go comfortably. Don't just find your kid. Find a young man down here. Lay your hands on them and begin to prophesy. These spirits that these kids are fighting, they need somebody to pick up a sword and fight with them. These battles these kids are having, they need somebody to pick up a sword and fight with them. Yeah. Yeah. Lift your voice, young man. Lift your voice, young lady. That's it, mama. Speak over them. This school year is not going to be the same. This will not be the year you give in your purity. This will not be the year you give in to unrighteousness. This won't be the year you fall to perversion. But I pray a hedge over you right now. I plead the blood over you right now. I pray protection over you, right? I need some of you praying for these little girls down here. 
You don't know how quick perversion wants to get a hold of them. Wants to alter their DNA, question their identity. Make them question if they're worth anything. Somebody needs to prophesy over them. That God would bring security to their heart. That God, you're not going to fall to the temptation of the world. You're not going to fall to the things of the world. But God's going to guard your heart. Speak over those young ladies. Begin to prophesy over them. You're going to find wholeness in God. Come on, you're not going to go to college and let a professor take you out. You're not going to go to college and let the professor undermine your faith. But we're praying that there would be an, a, an, an, a strengthening that would hit your mind. A strengthening that would hit your spirit. Come on, just a little bit longer. Don't get distracted right now. Just, get, just go there a little bit longer. Let's just go a little bit forward right now. Let's just press a little bit forward right now. I don't care if your kid's two, three years old. You ought to lay hands on them and just prophesy over them. I didn't dedicate you at the altar for you to backslide when you're 18. But I prophesy ministry over you. I prophesy gifts and callings over you. I prophesy mantles over you. You ought to lift your voice and begin to speak over that young man, that young lady. Yeah. Yeah. There's some dads in the place. You ought to lift your hands and tell God, God, renew my zeal. Renew my passion, God. There's some dads in this place. Your eyes have become weary and you're not seeing the way you need to see. Because there's some things in your homes that need that don't need to be there. There's some moms. You want to lift your hands right now and say, God, renew my passion. Renew my burden. Renew my strength, God. Because there's some things I need to stand for that I've gotten weary of standing. Come on, that's it, mama. That's it, daddy. There's some things we got to get back. I don't care if they get frustrated with the decisions you make. I don't care if they like the direction towards the kingdom that you're taking. 
As for us in this home, we're making up in our minds. There's some grandmas and grandpas in this place. You need to start shouldering the responsibility that you're going to pass on what you have to these kids. Some of your kids aren't in the building. I just want you to call them out by name right now. I don't care if they're college age. I don't care if they're grown and have their own family. Some of your kids aren't in the building. I want you to call them out right now. I want you to call their name out in prayer right now. I want you to begin to pray over them. I want you to begin to speak over them. They're not here in this room, but I want you to go right where they're at. You know exactly what they're dealing with. You know what they're fighting. I want you to call them out by name right now. Come on, I'm talking to some parents. You've gotten discouraged about praying for your kids. You've gotten frustrated about calling your kids' name out. You need to let God strengthen you tonight. I'm not letting them go casually. Yeah. Come on, call them out by name right now. They might have walked away from God, but we're not letting them go casually. For some of you, it's not your kids, but it's kids that would come over to your house, spend time with your kids. They're not walking with God right now. I just want you to call their name out. Come on, I feel intercession trying to walk in the room right now. I feel a spirit of intercession trying to walk in the room right now. Some of you Sunday school teachers got kids. Their parents pulled them out. They're not here right now. Call their name out right now. Call their name out right now. Young people that used to be in the room, they're not in the room right here. Call their name out. We're not letting them go casually. Yeah, that's it. Don't get distracted. I feel something trying to walk in this room. If you could just keep your eyes closed and lift your voice just a few minutes longer. I feel something trying to walk in this room right now. I feel a rededication trying to walk in this room right now. I feel an old passion trying to stir up again. Just close your eyes just for a few moments and lift your voice. We're not praying for ourselves right now. We're praying for those that are coming behind us. We're praying for those that are coming behind us. 
You're not praying for you, you're praying for who's behind you. in the house and you got backslidden kids if you're in the house your, your kids are far from god they're prodigals they walked away from the lord i just want you to lift your hands right now if you're in the house and you got kids that have walked away from the lord if there's somebody with their hands up i want you to find them if you're in the house and you got kids that have walked away from the lord they're prodigals i don't want anyone praying by themselves that has their hand up if there's 10 15 people praying for them there's there's people in the back i want you to look around if you're here and you have kids that have walked away from the Lord. Don't put your hands down. Keep your hand held high. Keep your hand held high. There's people all the way in the back. I need some women to go back there and pray for that precious lady back there right now. There's, men, there's a man right there. I need you to go back and pray for that man. There's, there's people all across the room. I need you to pray for them right now. I need you to pray with them right now. There's people all across the building. We're not letting them go casually. Come on, church. We're not letting them go casually. I don't care if it's been 10, 15, 20, 30, 35 years, six months. I'm not concerned about a time frame. We're not letting them go casually. We're going to fight this thing out. We're going to fight this thing out. Come on, lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. I want you to ask God to touch them right where they're at, right there, right where they're at. I don't care where they're at. I want you to ask the Spirit of God to find them right now, to move on them right now, to convict them right now. That's it. Lift your voice and pray with them. Pray with them like it's your kid. Pray with them like it's your son or daughter. Yeah. Come on, that's it, mama. Lift your voice. Come on, that's it, mama. Lift your voice right now. Yeah. Lift your voice. Call them out to God. That's it. Let that boldness come on you right now. I feel that. Lift your voice. Yeah. 